Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on a Friday, Sports Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com. Emails at RayandTayToday at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, old episodes. A lot of fun. Have some fun and learn about Ray and Tay. We got tons to talk about. But before we get to the NBA trade deadline and the college basketball upsets, Ray, we got a lot of stuff to talk about off the field. And it starts off with the RIPs. Well, emotionally, it's very sad to hear about Ingrid Williams, Monty Williams' wife, passing away in a horrible, horrific car accident. I think Monty Williams, who all accounts, and I met him once when he was at the Knicks in the garden real quick, just a great guy, but I think his eulogy was inspiring, and everybody, you know, it's trending on Twitter, and everybody's heard it a bunch of times, and obviously the car crash, the young lady or the woman killing his wife, and she died as well, 92 and a 45, and she's driving with a dog. I'm man enough and strong enough, you know, in my own faith to say, I don't know if I would have been as gracious as Monty Williams. As a father of four, he's a father of five, kids ranging from five years old to 17, Ray, five kids, and now he's, you know, got to raise them himself. I, I give him kudos, man. It was very moving, and obviously all the players and coaches were there before the Clipper Spurs game, flew in and flew back. What are your thoughts about Monty and just the, the tragic situation? Well, he's one of the good guys in the game and in sports in general from what everybody says. I don't know him personally, but everybody speaks about him in that way. And he was able to deliver such a moving speech. And you could tell after the Spurs-Clippers game, just Popovich and, and Doc Rivers and Chris Paul were all still moved by his graciousness especially in such a terrible situation. So, you know, it's a it's a tragedy and too many lives were lost, but if there's any shining light, it's what Monty Williams, you know, was able to do for his family, for the uh the other family that also lost somebody and, and just yeah. as a as a good guy in sports, it's nice to see that, you know, even off the court that people can share their humanity you know it's it's a it's a great thing that you know somebody like monty williams was able to to represent himself and and he's an nba player but but first and foremost he's a man and a father so you know tragic situation but uh you know monty williams stepped up and and uh really did did well for himself and his family yeah so moving on because we got a bunch of little news and notes and in almost every sport off the field stuff as Pitchers and catchers are here, and spring training is starting. Tony Phillips, 
of the Oakland A's and played for the, I think the Tigers as well. He passed away, Ray. I think it was 50, around 55, 56 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You remember Tony? That's, oh man. RIP to Tony, man. He was, he was fun. Shortstop, great infielder. Um, that, that's just sad news. Yeah, too many of these guys are dying. Basketball, we had a stretch of four over the course of, you know, a few months that died in their 50s, and I think Moses was 60. But athletes yeah. in their 50s don't need to be dying. That's just way too young. No, definitely so. And, you know, you just uh, you, you just hate to hear about it. So, football, Ray, I got to talk about your Cowboys and the knuckleheadedness the new word of your boy that you drafted, Randy Gregory, suspended. What did he get? Four games. Four. Yeah, he'll yeah, probably appeal, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but basically he got, and this was, I guess, the fourth offense because it takes four offenses to get suspended. The other three were fines for marijuana. When you know he already went into the protocol with the testing positive at the combine a year ago from almost now because the combine starts next week. I, I just wonder about guys. Now, look, we know the marijuana laws are changing in state to state, but to me, until the NFL changes it, you know, you can't legally smoke during the season. Guys normally do it in the off season or, you know, whatever, but Ray, it's just, you know, you gotta be a, a better professional than that. And so, Hey, Randy Gregory will miss the you know quarter of the season. For, uh, you know, Chiba Chiba, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, and, you know, he did it in college, so he was under the spotlight, and shame on him. I come back to this notion that you have maybe 10 years in football, and we're going to talk about Jared Allen in a second, 10 years in football. So why are you shooting yourself in the foot like that? Yeah, it's, it's baffling. It really is baffling. So, but separate from that, on a positive note, Look, we haven't heard officially from Megatron, Julius Peppers, or Peyton Manning in terms of retirement. And it feels like we've heard officially from definitely Charles Woodson, Jared Allen, and Marshawn Lynch. And now we add to it, so Jared Allen, and we add to it Heath Miller. And for me, we'll talk about both of them. We, we did a segment on our show, so go back and listen to it. It's about a year ago. Is we spoke about Marshawn Lynch and Jared Allen. Are they Hall of Famers? And we both said yes. And I think Jared Allen, I think he's ninth all-time in sacks, 136 sacks. You know, he, he got to a Super Bowl, finally didn't win. But to me, Jared Allen was a great player, Chiefs, Vikings, you know, through the years, Panthers. Um, so I wish him well. And I like it. Did you see he, he rode off? He said not to the sunset, but he rode off on a horse. He announced his own retirement on social media. Which, that's that's kind boy, of cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, so you agree, though, right? You still feel that he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think that Jared Allen, if you think back, I mean, now we're seeing at the end of his career with the um, – 13 years, with, right? 13 or 12 yeah, years? Yeah, but he was with Kansas City. Remember how dominant he was with Kansas City? Even oh, when it all months. began. And then, and then he wanted too much money. Kansas City didn't want to pay him. And then he ended up going to Minnesota. And So remember his early years he was dominant – and he was dominant consistently. You always needed to figure out where Jared Allen was. He could stop the run, but obviously he was a pass rusher. So 
Yeah, Hall of Famer for sure. Well, he almost got the sack record in Minnesota just, what, five years ago, I think. Yeah. Remember he had, what, 21 or 22 sacks? He got very close. Yeah, absolutely. So he's the man, and 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 you know he's one of these guys that could wear any hat he wants into the Hall of Fame. Um, but he's a Hall of Fame. He, he might he might be first ballot. A lot of people don't like to hear about that, but he he could be first ballot, depending on you know who else goes in. I mean, it, it, this could be a, a record-setting year if Manning, Peppers, and and Megatron retire too, along with Charles Woodson, Beast Mode. And let's talk about my man. In every stadium in the last, what, 10, 11 years, you heard, every time he caught the ball, he didn't get the stats that Gronk got or, you know, uh, my boy from San Diego, Antonio Gates. But Heath Miller, when you compare the blocking and the receiving and clutch receptions, he got two Super Bowl rings. Heath Miller, to me, is definitely one of the best tight ends in Steeler history. You know, and I just, I'm going to miss him. You know, came out of UVA, was a very solid tight end, and was just great for our quarterbacks. Heath Miller, you will be missed. Steelers Nation, salute Heath Miller. That was my guy, Ray, you know? I give Heath Miller credit. He also played injured. I mean, if you looked at the injury Uh, report, this guy was always banged up, and yet he always showed up on the field. So saying he's one of the best Tight ends in Steeler history, I think, is even underplaying it because you guys haven't had, haven't been known for having, you know, fantastic tight ends. Right, right. Positions have been great in Steeler history, but this guy is 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 a really, you know, he's one of these guys that you want him on your team because he can he can catch, he can block, he's the ultimate, you know, consummate tight end. Now, if you can get yourself a Gronk, you go get yourself a Gronk, right? They're <laughs> once in a generation, but Heath Miller was a very very solid, very good tight end. Yeah, no, I, I will miss him. And, you know, you wonder or just hope and pray that we can, you know, I, we got to draft somebody, get signed somebody. But, uh, I, you know, Steeler Nation, you, you know, I'm telling you, I, I saw the Steelers out here in Arizona four years ago. And when he caught the ball, you would hear it on the stadiums, wherever, you know, on TV, wherever the Steelers were in the road, he, he'd catch the ball and you heard the loudest heat. You know what I mean? That's that's a, that's a paying homage to somebody and a great blocker, right? The Steelers have had great running backs, and he was a part of an extension of good offensive lines, always blocked for the bus. You know, he's been blocking for Le'Veon Bell, so he will definitely be missed as well. Ray, sticking with the NFL, before we scoot over to some other stuff, a lot of uh, guys are getting cut. You know, we've got the franchise tag coming up March 1st. The agency, I guess, starts March 9th. The Rams today, the L.A. Rams, freed up some cap room and cut your boy, uh, Laura Nidus, who we'll get into in a minute, shares your birthday, and Chris Long. So that was uh, pretty and, – and Jared yeah, Cook. They did a major out. house cleaning there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Jared Cook will go to the Steelers. I'll take him. He's not bad. A little, little overrated. He drops, drops a lot of passes, Jared Cook. Yeah, but he makes plays, though. No, no, he, you're right. He, he's definitely – look, he's no Delaney Walker, but he's good. <laughs> no, that's no, your boy, Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker helped me out in a couple fantasy leagues too, so yo, Ray, I have some love for Delaney. Saying, yo, that, that's what we're, we're going to have to do, man, fantasy favorites. Delaney Walker is what my new fantasy favorite tight end, him and Gary Barnage, man. If you can't draft Gronk, go for those guys. 
you know, Travis Kelsey or, or one of those guys. But I'm loving I'm loving him right now. So yeah. That's 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 good stuff. So just a little fun before we get to the NBA trades and the signings and stuff. The other day, Wednesday, February seventeenth, you probably had in terms of a dynamic duo or just two of the greatest athletes in, in sports history's birthdays. You had 53 for Michael Jordan, 53 years of age, and then 80 for the great Jim Brown. And you could arguably, some people say Jerry Rice. Eh, I say Jim Brown over Jerry Rice in terms of the greatest football player of all time. I think Jim Brown just, I mean, you look at Syracuse and lacrosse, he's one of the greatest athletes of all time, Jim Brown. But to me, Jim Brown and Jordan, if you look at sports birthdays, Ray, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, December 30th is good with Tiger, LeBron, and Sandy Koufax. But Jordan and LeBron, and Jordan and, and Jim Brown, do you think you could beat that, Ray? No. When you're looking at arguably <laughs> the best in two sports of the four major sports born on the same day, that's uh, <laughs> that's hard. That's hard to beat. You know, unless you get some some presidents in there, unless you get a couple of popes in there or something like that. <laughs> How do you beat that? <laughs> It's hard to beat that. So I figured we'd have just a little bit of fun before we get to the hoops. I'm going to name just a couple of different people for Ray and Tay's birthdays that are kind of interesting from different elements of, of walks of life. So for Ray, one of the rappers was the female rapper Trina has Ray's birthday December 3rd. Okay. Ozzy Osbourne. You got to like Ozzy Osbourne, Ray. That's, that's a, you know, legendary, you know, metal singer and, and all that. Ozzy Osbourne. You had the actress Julianne Moore. Um, you know, she's been in a, a lot of great TV shows and films. Brandon Frazier, who's a pretty good actor. Then when you get to the athletes, it's not so impressive. Brian Roberts in the NBA, who just got traded, right? Bounced around a little bit in the league. You have James Laurinaitis from the NFL, who just got cut from the Rams. So maybe he My can join me. Cut, traded. Oh, Ray, it's, it's, you know, heck. It's okay, though. And then you got... Um, Oh, from out here in Arizona, Kevin Minter, the linebacker for the Cardinals. That's not bad. And then you had a baseball, okay. baseball player, Paul Bird. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, Birdman, Birdman. Yeah, I mean, not Bird that Birdman, so, but yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> not bad. And then um, um, oh, in politics, from Korea, I saw Kim, Kim D. Jung was uh, the president for Korea. So you got a little bit of stuff going on. Now Tay, I gotta admit, Tay. All right, tell us who you got. Let's see if let's see if you can. It's a little bit more impressive. I won't hit you with the heavy hitters right away. So Ryan Phillippe um, is one as an actor. Bill O'Reilly from Fox News, and you know. The O'Reilly Factor, okay. O'Reilly Factor, that's pretty big. Rapper, I gotta give it to you, strong in the gut, man. Brooklyn's finest, Big Daddy Kane. That's pretty good. That that's one of my favorites right there. Okay, K A N E. That's your guy. I got some Hall of Famers, though. We get legendary NBA. Bob Lanier got my birthday. And then maybe a future Hall of Famer, one of the best rebounders in the bad boys with the Pistons, well, the second Pistons, Ben Wallace, has got my birthday. Jay Williams, who's with ESPN, the ex-Dookie, you know, talked to Jay before. I uh, interviewed him before. Uh, Brandon Marshall, Super Bowl champion, linebacker for the Denver Broncos. You know, and then we get real big. I get big with baseball. Roger Maris has got my birthday. 
That's a Hall of Famer. I'm proud Can of. There you got to love that. An underrated, you know, Hall of Famer megastar. I think. Yo, uh, that's huge. But then this might be the granddaddy of them all, the big unit, Randy Johnson, Ray. Woo! You got to like that. The Virgo, the September 10th with Tay. And then current player, Paul Goldschmidt. I'm all about the Diamondbacks right now. Wow. Neil so you got, you got a Diamondback legend, one yeah. in 2001 beat our Yankees. You got a, a Diamondback <laughs> MVP. Okay. Who could go to the World Series this year. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks with, you know, the getting Granky and, and Shelby Miller. Then Neil Walker, who I think, where did he go? He left the Pirates, right? I don't know if he went to the White Sox. I'm not no, sure he where he's at. Mets. He went to the Mets. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. He's Daniel York. Murphy's replacement. That's right. I love it. Neil Walker with the Mets. Joey Votto. You know, I like him for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and then we'll, Don't talk to me about Joey Votto because I've had him in, in three I know, baseball leagues baseball. and he just hasn't delivered. Yeah, Ray and Tay, you know, and we've got to get ready. Fantasy baseball is coming up. You know, we always, we always like to do a league just – just to keep keep up with all the baseball stats, it's kind of fun. We do it every year. It's uh, kind of fun. And then last but not least, before we get to the NBA talk, I know our fans want to hear it, I got to go out with a bang. One of the golf greats, Arnold Palmer, and he's got his own drink. How do you like them apples, Ray? That's not bad, huh? Uh, much more impressive. But I, I don't know. Food. I think if we dig deeper, I'll find somebody. You know, maybe a couple no, of posts. No, I think you know. I something. didn't get to check all the presidents. Like I'm sure you got some, you know, senators and different. But those are, I mean, those are the, the pretty big standouts when you just do the famous. You know, those are the big standouts. So, kind of interesting. Um, let's get to it. So before we get to all the trades, right? Just recent news signings. It looks like David Lee, way from the Celtics, about to go with the Dallas Mavericks. So that's kind of interesting, sort of like a, a deadline move for them, right? And then the Knicks, a 10-day deal, are about to sign, or I guess maybe it's official, Jimmer for debt. What he is, was what tearing up those the D-League, Jimmer. Yeah, Jimmer from the D-League, right? What do, you, what do you think about those two moves? Well, Jimmer from the D-League, but D-League. Jimmer was a top, was a top 15 pick. I know. I mean, look, well, anybody that can I, shoot can yeah, always – Yeah, I'll take a shooter. Can always make it on an NBA roster, especially in this NBA, with spreading out the court. He's had trouble even with his shooting staying on the court the last however many years. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. So let's get to the moves. You know, we'll start at the West or the big teams. The biggest, the biggest move to me was from the Clippers and getting dropping off Lance and a first future what 2019 first round pick to um, the Grizzlies for Jeff Green. And he went last year in the deadline from, what, the Celtics to the Grizzlies. Do you think, as a wing player, to go with Pierce and Wesley Johnson, I actually like that for the Clippers, who spanked the Spurs last night after all that traveling and the sadness from the funeral. And when Blake comes back, they can have nice little lineups with Blake at the center, Jeff at the four, Pierce at the three, Crawford and CP3. Tell me your thoughts and how, how that could affect the Clippers going forward. So I never thought that the Clippers had a roster issue. I think the roster is fine. Some people wanted them to get Channing Fry so they could stretch Golden State out a little bit or even San Antonio out a little bit. 
the one knock on Jeff Green, especially last season, was he played terribly in that series against uh, against Golden State. When he was with the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies, they were up to one. Remember, it was yeah. uh, not a. Well, if it wasn't for Conley getting hurt, remember Conley got hurt. Yeah, well, we kept saying that every series they played against <laughs> a team that lost their point guard. The yeah. Golden State Warriors did, right? So it's unbelievable. Patrick Beverly and and uh, you know Mike Conley and and Kyrie Irving they got a lot of breaks. Went on and on and on. But and Kyrie. Jeff Green is a quality, quality ball player. And you know what? You can never go wrong adding Jeff Green to your roster. Now, did they pay too much of a price? We'll see what that first-round pick ends up being. But this team needs to win now. And the Western Conference is stacked. So you got to do something. Because at the end of the day, Chris Paul can't be Chris Paul for much longer. I mean, he has, what, two, three years left at being elite? Um Blake Griffin's a He looked elite agent. last night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, Blake Griffin's a free agent in, in Ray, only, I'm gonna you only have for another CP3 year and a half. Underrated. C, CP3 is going to go down as being underrated when his career is over. He has been amazing. And people want to say well, he hasn't won a championship. It's surely not because of CP3. Yeah, but you know how it is in this league and in any professional sports league. You can be as good as you want. But if you don't lead your team deep to a chip deep into the playoffs, and even the chip, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people, you know, Barkley and 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 Malone and Stockton. There, there's some big time Hall of Famers that haven't won. But you need to you need to be a regular participant deep in the playoffs. And you know, his career thus far, totally different game. Obviously, is tracking like Kevin Garnett. You know, a great player that. For the large majority of his career, until Kevin got traded to the to the Celtics and informed the Big right. Three, he couldn't get out of the first round. He did that one year with Latrell Sprewell and and uh, and our boy <laughs> the, Sam I Am Cassell. But other than that one year, he hasn't done anything. And Chris has had some good teams in New yeah. Orleans, you know, uh, or slash Oklahoma when they moved there after Katrina. Um, so Chris needs yeah. to turn it on. But back to Jeff Green, definitely a good addition. It'd be interesting to see what kind of rotations they have, especially in the fourth quarter when DeAndre Jordan really can't be on the floor in a, in a tight game. So maybe that stretch three helps them. Again, Channing Fry maybe was a better fit. Channing Fry, of course, goes to Cleveland. Do you like that fit? That's not bad. I like it. It opens, you know up, why? The, it opens up the driving lanes for LeBron and Kyrie. And you could, have, you could have Fry, Love, LeBron, Kyrie, and Shump, or Kyrie and Smith as the five lineup, five guys, you know? Kind of funny. This is a team truly playing outside in, right? You might have a situation where – and Kyrie likes to mess around in the post. You might have a situation where Kyrie and LeBron either set up in the post, drive to – drive and dish and you have your four and your and your five potentially if you go small and you take Tristan Thompson and Timothy Mosgrove leave them on the bench and you you have Channing Fry and Kevin Love at the three-point lines <laughs> the game has you changed know, so your, much Ray we'll get into that later totally our, changed 180 our segment, I'm sorry but the game has changed so much but I'll say this those were two good moves I think listen I throw this out there on Twitter, and, and, and maybe it's the question, 
why the Warriors won't win a repeat. And part of the reason to me that they might not win it is because Cavs, Clippers, don't know about the Spurs right now. I'm having some real questions about them. But they got to they gotta just all be healthy. But I don't know if they can be, you know what I mean? But yeah. the Clippers, Thunder, and Spurs, I mean, and, and Cavs, I think those three did get a little bit better with, you know, what, 30, 31 games to go. And the Thunder get Randy Foy. And people say Randy Foy, ah, no big deal, right? But the, And they get rid of what, Novak and uh, – second round pick and another bench player. But to me, what I like about Foy is he's more experienced than um, Artis Payne, Cameron Artis Payne. And when you put Foy and Westbrook together, Foy can handle the ball, but he's not afraid to look for his shot and he can score. We've seen Foy get hot and drop 20. He ain't scared. No, he ain't scared. And so, to me, I like that because you need somebody that's willing, right? You could actually go really small and put Foy, Deion Waiters, Westbrook, Abaka, and Durant together. Wow. Which, which I like that. I really like that. You like that? I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So See, I don't think I don't think they'll they'll do that. I think I think he'll, his minutes will come at the expense of Deion Waiters, who is so inconsistent and I'd have to do that against the Warriors sometimes right because remember there's times where it's Curry Clay and they'll throw in Barbosa with them they do that sometimes or you know to me you don't think Russell Westbrook is strong enough I think he's strong enough to match up with Iguodala or Harrison Barnes for a couple of minutes at the three if he has to he could. You know, they, play, he could. they play really but small. Waiters is ti- but Waiters and Foy gives you a really tiny, uh, you know, one, two, three. Well, Clay Thompson doesn't ever go inside to punish anybody at the two. He's not Bradley Beal, and he's not Jimmy Butler. I think Clay, he, he really stays outside. He doesn't go inside that much as a two. That's my only knock against yeah, for, Clay. For having maybe. size, he doesn't really use it. His daddy needs to talk to him because, you know, Michael yeah. Thompson used to do some things inside, number one overall pick for the Lakers. Yes, he did. Played with yes, the Lakers, got some championship yeah, experience there. Yeah, and he used to teach his son, just back him down, take him in the butt. Yeah, he loves that three-point line. But you know what? He's a tough-nosed kid. He defends. So so you like the Randy Foy trade. I do. It doesn't hurt, right? I mean, you, you didn't get rid of anybody that was playing. Um, I'm, I don't like, I don't, it doesn't make sense what like, um, I guess the Bulls did with the Hawks and the Hawks moving out, you know, point guards and bringing in Heinrich and getting rid of Mac, no big deal. They didn't change their team, the Hawks, Toronto didn't do anything in the East to try to catch up to the Cavs, the Bulls, you wondered if they'd break that team up. They just moved Heinrich, no big deal. And then the bottom part of the East the guys fighting for the playoff spots. I like Washington getting Marquise. You know, we'll talk about Phoenix for a second because it's been crazy out here. They just had to get rid of that guy. He's been horrible. But Marquise, and they spanked the Jazz last night with Porter, Beal, and Wall, and Nene. I actually think that's going to get them into the playoffs. And the Wizards, I think the Wizards are, as we saw last year, and I told you this, to me they're better than Toronto just because – John Wall and Healthy Beal, they're special. And I don't trust 
maybe Toronto's better this year with Carroll and, and we'll see their other guards. But last year, Washington took it to Toronto in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And Yeah, in a series where you have to play the same team, you know, seven times potentially, I'm worried about Toronto and I'm worried about their ability to execute and, you know, impose their will on the other team. You know, we love Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, but, you know, after that, where are you going? Who is going to outplay his, you know, the guy defending him Counterpart, four yeah. out of seven games? You know what no, I mean? No, you're right. So and maybe he's not series, guy this year, but he's been injured so long, Ray. I don't even know when he's coming back. You know? Yeah. And Carroll, yeah, I mean, we, we love Damari Carroll, but – I just feel like they're they're missing that one piece, and you know we'll talk a little bit about the Bulls. We'll talk a in a later segment, but none of these trades. So if if you were to summarize, you'd say that the rich got richer at the high end, but none yes. of these trades really really change the playoff landscape. I mean, wait, wait, one more team. Vegas, Let me say one more team that I did like though. You got to admit, you 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 got to like what Stan Van Van Gundy did. With the Pistons, because when you bring in Marcus Thornton, Tobias Harris from Orlando, and DeMontes Montayunis from Houston, three players that can give them versatility offensively and defensively. Tobias can start at the three. I think Marcus Thornton can play a little backup two behind Pope. You know, plays no D, though, so he's going to frustrate Stan Van. Right, but Monte Yunus can play a little bit with Marcus Morris, back up 3-4. I, I like what they added to Drummond, to Reggie Jackson. I, I think the Pistons... Oh, Reggie Jackson's underrated. He, you know, we oh, were saying how he right. wanted to get paid coming out of Oklahoma he's City. earned it all, right? And, and he's, he's doing big things in Detroit. Most, most improved player this year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, he's borderline. You know, you should have considered him all-star material. I mean, he's doing big things. In Detroit. No, Reggie's, Reggie's, Reggie's. And but I think I the tell Pistons you what, though, but, but does that change? I mean, it, it helps Detroit, and I think it helps them short-term and long-term, but does it do more than get them into the playoffs? I mean, I don't think any of these moves change no, no. Vegas style, right? It, it doesn't make no, of them course not. favorites of course to, get, not. to even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But are you are – you, are you, what's fascinating is very easily – the Heat and the Bulls, could you imagine them being in the lottery and not making the playoffs, which could easily happen with these injuries? If Chris Bosh, and we pray that he gets well and he's healthy, but if he's going to miss the rest of the season and, and, and Dwayne Wade's out tonight of the lineup, you know, with no Bosh and Wade in and out of the lineup, I got to tell you the Miami Heat, they could easily fall out of the playoffs. And the Bulls with the eighth seed, and, you know, Charlotte at seven, they made a little minor move. You know, I, I like them getting Courtney Lee. And um, Al Jefferson's coming back tonight. I think the, the the Bulls at eight, they could drop out too if Butler doesn't get back quickly and Noah's gone for the season. And, you know, Rose looked good last night, but the Cavs are just too much. I don't know. Do you, do you see the Bulls? Three teams, Bulls, Heat, and in the West, Grizzlies with their injuries. Do you see those three teams holding on to their playoff spots or dropping out? So I think they're all – stubborn enough and the veterans have enough pride organizationally they should all rebuild you should argue or at least try 
to shoot for somebody in this in this draft. But I think their veterans are old and kind of stubborn and don't want to don't want to not make the playoffs. So I think all three teams end up making the playoffs. Okay, that's fair. I just can't see a team with with, with Gasol, Jimmy Butler, and Derrick Rose not making the playoffs at all in the east right they're not in the west they're in the east the grizzlies probably right. have, to have the best chance of not making the playoffs just because the west is so brutal and then the miami heat right if Bosch, assuming Bosch comes back if he was Bosch, you got a little you have probably a disgruntled hassan whiteside now because his name was was bandied around and all these trade rumors but but a team with wade and Bosch not making the playoffs again no i don't think so i i think they're i think they're going to make the playoffs I hope so. I hope so. But I, I tell you this, I'd like to see Detroit and Washington in. Um, I think young teams, first of all, Washington's been knocking on the door, so they need to keep that going, especially if they want to try to lure a big free agent like Durant. You know, they need to keep that going. Look, the Western Conference on the back end, it's still wide open. If Memphis falls down, they still could stay ahead of Portland and Utah you know, at that seven, eight and nine spot. Sacramento doesn't look like they're going to do anything. But I want to say this real quick for Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns fans got a big uh, emotional victory yesterday in getting rid of a guy that nobody out here liked um, and, and Markeith Morris. And, you know, they said that they kind of felt like they did a little bit wrong by him by not telling him that they were going to trade his brother Marcus, and they said they would. But at the end of the day, you got to be a professional, stop pouting and being a baby and do your job. And he acted like a malcontent and was disrespectful to Hornacek and the fans and yada, yada, you know, and was choking Archie Goodwin. It was like, oh, you know, I just turned into the Hulk and I choked my little baby brother. So I feel bad. This guy sounds like a complete, complete clown. You know, I, I, I think he needs a new start, but he also needs a change of mindset. I think both of them you know, the Morris twins. And I didn't love them at Kansas. You know, I don't really like Kansas, you know, whatever. But they, uh, I think their careers have been a little underwhelming compared to where they were drafted and their so-called potential. Do you know what I mean? Well, and the Sun like will, 10 and 12. They, well, I mean, yeah, 10 and 13 or 13 and 16. NBA contributors, I don't think they'll ever be much more than that. But you're right, though. The, the whole thing with the brother and you're trading my brother and now I'm checking out. That's, yeah, not, grow up. that's not how a professional <laughs> works but i'll say this phoenix look devin booker brandon knight and eric bledsoe now either you need to convince knight or bledsoe to be the vinnie johnson the sort of sixth man or you need to move one of them in the off season and decide booker's your two and one of those guys is your point do you know what i mean and i think that's what they'll probably do whoever is easier to trade knight or bledsoe and i'm not sure who that is you know, depending on how blood cells health is and the then contract. What do you have in the front court, though? Your guy Alex Len never panned out. He's still yeah, young. Yeah, Tyson Chandler. No, they, they need to figure out a career. lot. They've got a bunch – Ray, I'll say this. They've got a bunch of draft picks in the next – they've got, like, six first-rounders in the next three years. They have two first-rounders coming up. So, you know, they're going to have to, you know, figure that out. But, you know, they'll be in the lottery – and, you know, there's a shot where, you know, you could say, hey, maybe Phoenix gets lucky and gets the number one pick and gets a Ben Simmons. You know, they have just as good a shot as anybody else. Right now they could be, you know, the fourth pick and get your boy Jalen Brown 
six seven swing guy from Cal, you know, from Berkeley. He's nice. I want to just shock you real quick. Imagine this. Let's say if Minnesota Timberwolves get the fifth pick and they add to that roster that's already nasty with Towns, Wiggins, and Levine. And what if they get Chris Dunn from Providence? Wow. Uh, get rid of Rubio. Just say get rid of Rubio. we're going with a traditional point yes. guard. Go get you guy. Chris Dunn and roll with Chris Dunn, Levine, Wiggins, Towns, Pekovic, Muhammad, all those guys, Anthony, you know, uh, uh, Adrian Payne. How do you like that, Ray? Wow. That's a team. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, remember the talk- cap's going up. So, if they could get a free agent, too, somebody with some experience who's actually won I, something in the playoffs. And I think, and Ray, and you know, so funny, with it going up $20 million this year and then another 20 next year, this team in two to three years could sign two very good players. Because I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a shortage of teams that these mega players or very good players could go to. So maybe Al Hawford says, hey, I'll go play with Towns, you know, in Minnesota. Or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, whatever star you think of or, or second tier star. Because at the end of the day, I think what Minnesota is going to realize, hey, I'm not going to get by, well, you don't want Howard, but I'm not getting LeBron, right? I'm not getting Durant. But one of these second-tier stars might want to play with Towns and Wiggins, who could be potentially, in two, three years, first-tier stars themselves. And that's where I think Minnesota has got a bright future ahead of them. So it's going to be fun. And we'll talk NBA and college hoops, and we'll you know, get into it. So real quick, before we get to the college hoops, Ray, the – Big games this weekend. You know, tonight we say goodbye to the last time Kobe and Duncan face off with Spurs Lakers. But you've got Clippers Warriors Saturday night. And then I think it's what, Cavs Thunder Sunday ABC. So two good games. You think the Clippers can beat the Warriors tomorrow night ABC? Look, I think that the Warriors are not going to beat the Bulls record. They have to lose five or six games in the next, what, 25 or 30. So they're going to start losing. And I think that the travel is going to catch up to them, especially a West Coast team. You know, Phil Jackson always thought that a a team in the central U.S. has the best chance of beating Chicago's record. Um, The Clippers, obviously, is not that far from Golden State. But I think they're going to start losing. And so maybe it's quite possible. Okay. Um, I actually think the Clippers are going to beat them. I think they're inspired. Jeff Green will be there. They're they're working things out without Blake Griffin, um, who, you know, came out and spoke and apologized as he should. Uh, I want to ask you this. With the Rockets being eight, (laughs) should they – I mean, I'm sure they're going to make the playoffs, right? You know, Portland's seven right now. Dallas, you know, they're six, whatever. But even if Memphis drops down and Utah could squeeze in, do the Rockets – Will they write the ship in this in this last thirty game stretch? What are your thoughts? They're twenty seven and twenty eight, Ray. That's pretty bad. They start off in Phoenix tonight. What do you what do you think happens with them? I think Kevin McHale is laughing right now, saying, "Look, uh, oh, everybody's going to blame me. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously not me." Um, they have a fundamental problem. Well, two fundamental problems. One is that they play in the West, so in the, they're in the big boy neighborhood, and last year they were great. The other problem is their two best players are not good together. And, and they didn't trade Ty Lawson. 
who they needed to move. He's not yeah. the answer. Point. Maybe nobody won't, which is funny because that was our guy in Denver. He kept getting better every year. Uh, and our doing target, it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the problem in Houston is that Harden and your boy uh, Dwight Howard just don't play well together. And I don't know if it's, you know, you need a psychiatrist or you need an offensive guru or whatever, but they're – they, Defensive effort. Remember last well, year they were that too, that too. But I'm, I'm, this I'm, year but, they're in the bottom ten, Ray. That's huge. Yeah, that that's uh, that's always been you know uh, sort of rearing its ugly head. But even on offense, where you think these two are talented and, and they've got a lot of you know potential, they just don't know how to play together. And they're both kind of friendly guys, and nobody really. St- they need a bad guy on that team to just kind of whip everybody into shape and take over. And he doesn't have to be the best player on the team, but a point guard like a Patrick Beverly needs to just step up and just start, you know, telling people what to do and make life difficult for these guys because they have way too much talent. You know, it's very rare that you can say that the GM did his job assembling the talent. Maybe he didn't take into account personalities enough, but the GM gave the coaches and the players some tools you know, I would love to be the coach in Houston. I, you're, you're, the deck is full. The cupboard is stacked. Now, you have weaknesses and, and, and you have things you can work on, but you're starting with a talented roster. I mean, no, you know, they need that. Th- they need more production from the three. You know, they're not getting great shooting from Ariza and Decker's now coming back. So they need some more juice out of that, out of that three. But, you know, they've got, they've got pieces. They just need more cohesion. Having said all of that, I don't know that that 25 games is enough to get it together. And think about this. Let's say they make the playoffs. If you're the 8th seed, you're playing Golden State. If you're the 7th seed, you're playing San Antonio. If you're the 6th seed, you're going to play who? Uh, The the Clippers or, you know, uh, uh, Oklahoma City. Sorry. You're losing 4-1 at best in the first round anyway. So you're really trying to play for next year. Yeah, so, well, let's go to our segment before we end with College Hoops. And Ray and Tay, you know, we got a bunch of our own original segments, and one of them is I'm Sorry, where we apologize to a team, an organization, a fan base, a player, for whatever, you know, a myriad of different reasons. So I'm going to go first, and I'm going to be quick with it and just really heartfelt. I am so sorry to the NBA center because you are a dying breed. You almost don't exist anymore. You know, we, we've had to turn power forwards into playing center. Some, you know, one of our great friends and callers to the show, Hank, said all these seven-footers became power forwards and shooters outside because of Shaq years ago. Well, the Shaq era has passed us a while back, and now I just think the game has changed so much we saw it with the Warriors. We saw it with the Suns where they used Amari at the center. But the Golden State Warriors a lot of times take Bogut out and they play with Draymond Green at center. And to me, back Moses to the basket, Moses Malone, Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, you know, all the centers, Kareem, the Skyhook, Chamberlain, Russell, it is gone. You have Carl Anthony Towns, Porzingis, Blake Griffin. I mean – there's 
we say, I almost want to just wave goodbye to Howard. You wave goodbye to Duncan because when he leaves, you know, it's going to be Aldridge who's like the power forward playing center. You know what I mean? So the days are, are gone and I don't know if they will ever come back. Even so much the NBA three years ago changed the all-star ballot and it's for guards and forwards. Not even voting in a center is cool anymore. That's how bad it is for the center position. So Andre Drummond, we love you, but you're rare and you're dying. DeAndre Jordan, we love you, but you're rare and you're dying. <laughs> Mark Gasol, you're dying. I mean, it, it is so sad. So I'm sorry to the center. You will be missed. And we love you, man. We love you. <laughs> Bye, We're centers. shedding a tear for you. Bye, centers. Go ahead, Ray. Who are you sorry to, man? You know who I'm sorry to? I'm sorry to the fan base of a proud, proud franchise. We, you and I, both hyped them up as being the only team that could compete with Cleveland. And we said the Bulls were going to finish second in the East and go seven, maybe six or seven games with the Bulls, uh, with the Cavs, give them a run for the money. We thought Jimmy Butler's a rising star. Pau Gasol is great. Derek Rose, if he could capture, you know, 80% of his MVP season. And then they had, you know, Portis and, and, and McDermott, and they had some players. And, of course, Joe Kim Noah is, is the heart and soul of that team. But you know what? It's time to blow it up. you got to break up that team. And Chicago fans, I'm sorry, but the Derrick Rose era is over. He is not the player he was two, three years ago. He won an MVP. That team is Jimmy Butler's team. And you might have to reset your expectations because Paul Gasol is at the end of his career. Derrick Rose is, is very much on the downside of his career. Now, Nikolai Miritic, he can play uh, when he's healthy. So if he's your number two, I think you still need more talent. But this is a team that legitimately thought they could compete for a championship or at least challenge the Bulls, uh, challenge the Cavs in the East Conference Finals. They might not make the playoffs. If they have another couple bad weeks uh, like they've had the past couple weeks, they might find themselves in 10th or 11th place. 10th or 11th place in the East. So they have an uphill battle just to make the playoffs. And they might even meet the Cavs in the first round. Could you imagine a team in a pretty you know, mediocre Eastern Conference? I mean, not mediocre. There's some decent teams, but no exceptional teams except for the Cavs. These Bulls might have slid their way out of the playoffs. So wow. to the Bulls fans out there, I'm sorry that I got your expectations up. I'm sorry that I told you you could compete for an Eastern Conference championship, and I'm sorry, you're going to have to blow this team up and rebuild. Wow, Ray. We say goodbye to the center, and we say goodbye to the Bulls. We are so sorry. Let's say hello to college basketball and a ton of upsets. Number three, Oklahoma goes down. Number four, Iowa goes down. Number five, North Carolina goes down. Number six, Maryland goes down. Number eight, Xavier. No, no, Xavier won. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if they can get past Georgetown. But West Virginia, number 10, goes down. So, Ray, 
This says to me what I've been saying all year, that from 16 up in the rankings, maybe even 20 up, just because I look at Duke, but like you said, since they beat North Carolina next week, they'll be higher up. But still, I think that brackets this year are going to be crazy. And this is the type of year where either one of our wives or our children or nieces, nephews could, you know, people that might not follow college basketball could fill out a bracket and beat you and I or any educated, you know, college basketball fan, anybody, Seth Davis, all of them, you know, Seth Greenberg, and, and beat them in a bracket because you could win by picking mascots, colors, the names of schools, you know what I mean? Like anything, because it's going to be that crazy and wide open. Do you agree? What are your thoughts? No, 100% agreed. And there is no one, not only that, but you can have that scenario and still have a dominant team. I mean, think right. about who's been There's number no one this year. There's been, you know, Carolina started the season at number one, and then Kansas, and then Oklahoma, and now Villanova. And, you know, Virginia started out in, as a top five team, dropped back. They, they'll come back and be a top five team again. But there's no dominant team, and there's about 15 or 20 teams that can all beat each other. And, by the way, it's not cool to be a top ten team anymore. You know, it's almost, it's almost cooler to be Duke, fall out of the top 25, and, come and then come in. roaring back. And we'll talk about the schedule. It. But they play Louisville, so could you imagine if they go out and in the same week beat Carolina, who's number five, Louisville, who's number 16, Duke could come back from being unranked two weeks ago to being oh, they can nine move up, or ten. They can move up crazy far. Like, I could see them moving up to, like, 13, you know, because you see Iowa State lost. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing, Ray. Dayton lost as well, so they're going to drop. This, to me, is such a wide-open uh, year. Look, Maryland lost to, uh, you know, Richard Pitino in Minnesota. You know, good for them. And then, you know, they had a, another loss this week to Wisconsin. So it's been a rough week for Maryland. I gotta well, you admit, got to admit. Michigan on be, Sunday, so you better win that game. Or you might drop to 15 or 18. I think we'll beat Michigan, but two rough losses in a row. And, you know, if we split the weekend, maybe we stay in the top 10. But it, it was definitely rough. I think Big Ten tournament will do fine. I didn't believe in the Iowa team. So, to me, I'm okay with them losing Penn State. Big win for Penn State. But, Ray, I think Texas Tech beating Oklahoma, they just got off the bubble. And I want to ask you about a couple of bubble teams. So, you know, you look in teams that are not in the top 25 but are even, you know, lower than that. So, a team like a Florida State, uh, Syracuse looks like they're probably going to get in. But some of these teams on the bubble, do you think an LSU, a Florida State, even a Syracuse, can you see these teams getting in? Texas Tech, did they just win themselves into the tournament to make it the Big 12 seven teams, potentially? What are your thoughts? Do those teams seem like they're into you? Yeah, I do think so. It depends – what the selection State, committee Washington. values, you know, because we get we get into the philosophies now because because everybody because everybody's losing these days. I think your your wins are more important than your losses. So you have to be able to show that you can beat RPI top fifty teams, and yes. the teams that have three four wins, like we talked about a few weeks ago, Monmouth, 
You know, if they don't win their division, they still had four great out of conference victories. So to me, yeah. they're making the tournament. Uh, Either or, so and that takes another team out of a big division out of it if they don't win their tournament. You're right. Yeah, and so similarly, you know, these Stony teams Brook. that play, that's they great. Came division one a second ago, but. These teams that don't play anybody, they get really hurt because you may not have bad losses, but you don't have any great wins either. Right. Like a Hawaii, you know, they they don't have a a great schedule. Um, You know, UNC Wilmington, some of those schools who, if they don't win their conference tournament, it becomes, you know, really hard for them to get in. And, you know, it's it's true. It's going to be fascinating. I'll tell you this. You want to see Ohio State maybe get in, Michigan, um, you know, some of these bottom teams of the Big Ten, Texas A&M. They're out of the top 25, and they were ranked all season long. Right, Right, but they dropped so poorly in SEC play that, you know, they've had a rough way to go. I think they play Kentucky this weekend. And they need a big win, you know. I mean, this well, they is, did. Uh, they did the Duke, except that they didn't have the All Americans that Duke has, and they weren't able to turn it around. No, you're right. So look, we'll have some some good games this weekend, Ray. I would say look out for Indiana Purdue. You know, that's that's going to be a uh, you know a big one. Um, we got Duke Louisville. So we got a lot of good ones. We got Duke Louisville. Uh, Indiana, Purdue, we've got um, Oklahoma, West Virginia, we've got the Battle of the State of Texas, we got Baylor in Texas, yeah. we got Miami against North Carolina, so think about this, if North Carolina loses that, that means... And they could, lose. that Miami team is, is tough, right? They're tough. Yeah, they're, it's at home, though. I don't know if they'll, they'll lose back-to-back at home, but if they do, then they can themselves I, go can from I just five, say maybe they go to 12 or 13. Can I say something? It's time for yes, Roy Williams too, to retire. Because if you don't, I will. So you, you Okay, you Roy Williams, it. it's time to retire. Um, I don't know who will be the next Carolina coach, but it's time. To me, it's not just the timeout, ladies and gentlemen, and his philosophy, oh, I always let him play. No. The whole second half, 13, 14 minutes left, Plumlee comes back in the game with four fouls. You go away from Bryce Johnson. You don't give Isaiah Hicks the ball. You don't give Meeks the ball. You don't attack the post. The offensive uh, play, in the formations, the passes are horrible. You got Barry chucking up threes. Marcus Page has been inconsistent, having a bad uh, junior or senior year, whatever it is. Senior, yeah, he's a senior. You know, having a bad, he's very unclutched. And to me, the way Bryce Johnson is playing, not only is he ACC Player of the Year, but this kid had potential. You know, him and Grayson Allen and Ingram too, and 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 um, uh, Barber from NC State. You know, but let's be honest, Bryce Johnson has been a beast this season. And to, this kid winds up with 29 and 19. You don't even give him a shot, a touch, you know, in the last five minutes. It's ridiculous. I, I think to me, I, I'm tired of Roy. I didn't like him in Kansas. I wasn't happy. It was all for nostalgia that he got to be the next coach of UNC. I would have given well, it to give Phil credit. Ford. He won a couple championships. No, though. I now, know. Granted, one he, of them was with Matt Doherty's kids, but he yeah, won yeah, two he, championships. He in spite of him. I'm sorry. He recruits the Kansas and North Carolina recruits itself. Those schools recruit themselves. Phil Ford got overlooked. Maybe it's time for Phil Ford to get a chance to coach the Tar Heels. And I'll tell you another upset coming up. Number one might go down because Butler 
might be ready to take out Villanova. That's that's my upset special of the weekend. Watch out for Butler against Villanova. I, I got That's my call of the weekend. By the time I get to Villanova. Yep, and Kansas State hosting Kansas. That could be another one. So, look, it's going to be a, a, a great college basketball weekend, good NBA weekend. Oklahoma's got to bounce back at West Virginia. Look, the Big 12 – Seven teams out of ten might make the tournament. So every game that's played is a battle, right? And, and and they got like six teams ranked. So Oklahoma, who lost this week already to Texas Tech, and my man Billy Tubbs, now they got to go at West Virginia. That's not easy. Yeah. You know, that, that, I mean, look at – just look at that conference. Right? I mean, that's almost like, you know, the Big East of, of, of several of years ago. They yeah, just, right. They're incredible. They and the question is, so let me throw this at you. So they're killing each other in the regular season, and they're moving up and down in the rankings. Is they that will be amazing do... in the tournament. Okay, Again, so that's because... my question. Are they going to yeah. be so beat up that they're going to just give in early? Or is this the type of thing where you might see, you know, three, four of them in the Sweet 16? I would say right now, Sweet 16, four Big 12, four Big Ten, two oh, or three boy. ACC. I think it's going to be heavy. I think I would say easily seven. Even in such a crazy year. Yeah, I would say uh, 10 of the 16 teams will come from Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. Ten of them. Wow. That's my pick. Yeah, I really do. I really do, you know, and, you know, and I guess I, you could throw in the Big East because I think they might get a couple of teams in there too. So, but it's top heavy. I think it's top heavy because Iowa, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, they are solid teams. They're just killing each other. But when they go outside to play, you know, same thing, North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, Miami, those are good teams. You know what I mean? So when they play – they're going to see smaller schools. I think they have a shot. I don't believe in SEC. I, I could see Kentucky and LSU and Texas A&M. I don't think the SEC is, is for real. But those three, Big 12, Big 10, ACC, 10 out of 16. You heard it here first. All right. So what's the one game that you're not going to miss this weekend in college? Uh, oof. You like that Purdue Indiana game you mentioned? Purdue, I mean, like West Virginia, you know Oklahoma. I, I, I like that a lot. I, I, I like that a lot because I'm curious to see who, who survives it. But I, I, I actually want to. I'm going to watch Villanova Butler Ray because I, I, I want to know could I trust Villanova this year? You know, to go to the Final Four or Elite Eight as the number one seed as I'm filling out my bracket. Because I've been bitten before by Villanova and Kansas, right? So I want to I want to see could they handle Butler at home when they should have success? Are they are they legit ready to get that number one seed? So I want to see that too. So those two games, Indiana Purdue and Villanova Butler. Okay, the game I'm, I have my eye on. You know, obviously Oklahoma West Virginia is going to be a great game. Oh, I want to see the Miami Carolina game. I want to yes. see. This Miami team, 10-3 and three on the road, they're tied atop the ACC. Can they go into the Dean Dome after Carolina's lost? A heartbreaker Ooh. to Duke. A game yeah. that by all measures they should have won. won. Can 
Miami go in there and maybe win the game, but if not, play well. Because Miami's one of those teams, Miami, Clemson, just historically have not played well in Carolina. So can they go in there, play well, show out, and prove to the tournament officials that they're a legit, you know, three seed? Maybe sneak up in somebody's bracket and be a two seed, depending on how they're doing the ACC tournament. But, you know, are they a legit team going into March? That sounds good to me, man. That's that's going to be fascinating. I'll tell you this, LSU better, you know, continue to win so they can get in the tournament. Michigan needs to upset Maryland. Ohio State needs to win. These teams on the bubble, they got to keep on pressing. Texas A&M, Alabama, and SEC, you know. So there's a lot of teams because guess what? We're, what, three weeks away from Bracket Sunday. Bracketism. All right, well, hey, great show. Great show, great weekend, and enjoy the sports. Get ready. Baseball's coming around the corner. We'll start talking that soon. You know, pitchers and catchers, we're, you know, we're hyped up. We don't, we, we, but, it, but it's definitely, it is time to chew your teeth into some college basketball and some NBA. But we, we'll, we'll, we'll hit you hard. We'll hit you hard with college basketball. Have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for listening. We're out.